Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It is Packers week, the best time of the year. Although, you know, I mean, quite honestly, it hasn't been the best time of the year for quite some time. Uh, You know, the Packers have gotten the best of this rivalry. They now own the all-time win total against the Chicago Bears, which kind of sucks, but it really does feel like the dawning of something new. There is confidence brimming in Chicago. This could be the time to turn it all around. There is so much great stuff to talk about it, and I can't wait to get started. So, Sammy, let's just go ahead and start the show. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Adam Ray. The Sickest Chicago Bears and Fantasy Football Podcast. Brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Sports entertainment like no other. It's gonna be sick. It's Wednesday night. You know what that means. It is time for Take It to the Rank. New day, new time, but the same great Bears talk. And I want to keep you up to date on all the housekeeping. But for starters, Underdog Fantasy is the easiest way to play fantasy sports. It's simple to get started. Go to underdogfantasy.com or better yet, download the app and all new users will receive a matching bonus from Underdog up to $100. And so for all of you that are in season long leagues right now who are super bummed because you drafted Travis Kelsey, well, guess what? You can start all over with Underdog Fantasy. Just go to underdogfantasy.com, download the app, use the promo code SICK and get that matching bonus up to $100 and start over. Just hit the reset button like when you were playing NHL 94 back in the day. All right. Want to let everybody know that Take It to the Rank will be live 7 p.m. Eastern on Wednesdays for the foreseeable future. The guy, uh, This gives you a chance to get over to the Tape Never Lies Network following the show. If you're an AEW fan, you got that going on too. So I know there's some things that we have a lot of cross. We have a lot of people who have a lot of the similar interests, but we're trying to be good partners here. And uh, hopefully this will work out for everybody. If you missed the first episode of the Tyler Scott show, uh, it's available right now. You can go to our YouTube page, subscribe to that, please. Or if you listen to us as a podcast and you miss that one, if, if that one somehow snuck by you, make sure you download it. You don't want to miss that. And then on Friday, Tom Grassi will be joining us for the latest edition of Rank's Rival. That's right. A little Friday afternoon pick me up. To get you ready for the weekend, and uh, this week, obviously, it's the Green Bay Packers, so that's going to be a lot of fun. But right now, let's welcome to the show from FoxSports.com, and more importantly, from Take It to the Rank, it is our friend, it is the great Carmen Vitale. Carmen, how are you living? 
I'm great. Uh, I'm in fact actually at the Fox Studios right now. No way. Yes, on the, I'm on the Fox lot and I'm just coming off of another podcast, which is something that was just launched by Fox Sports. Uh, I was the first in-studio guest of the NFL on Fox podcast. So Ooh, if, uh, if you want to check it out, wherever you get your podcasts, uh, Dave Hellman is the host. So nice. it's it's a brand new thing for the season, for the 30th season of the NFL being on Fox. And yeah, I'm literally doing this in my dressing room right now. It's fun. I love it. Well, that's pretty exciting news. I know our friends over at FoxSports.com. I know your boss, uh, Kevin Jackson. Uh, Buck running it. I don't know if Brian Bartlett was helping you as well, but there's a yes, lot. Yes, of- Brian Bartlett is on the show with uh, with uh, with Dave, so I know Brian very well. Yeah, that's a it's a great team, and it's I'm awesome, and it's awesome that you were able to be a part of it. I would encourage anybody to go check it out. Fox Digital does a great job. Our friend Ben Verlander, uh, his flipping bats pod is pretty good. Our, our friend Alex Curry is uh, one of the co-hosts on that show too. So a lot of great stuff coming from from Fox. We we appreciate them letting you join us here in our, our humble, our humble little show right now. Um, but let's say, you know what? Uh, it's bears Packers. Does it, does it get better than this? How excited are you? Uh, it's incredible to bookend an entire season with this rivalry and with so many unknowns and both of these teams being so young, like this has to be the most up in the air. Like, like, I don't know which way this is going to go. This has to be the most like excited bears fans have been in so long because you have no idea what this rivalry is about to turn into. And yes, as you said at the top of the show, they have an opportunity to kind of flip the script a little bit and get that win total back, get, get the overall series record back on track. Yeah. it's something that's some, for some, for whatever reason, it's very important to me, but before we get into that game, Tyler, the Tyler Scott show, as I mentioned, debuted last night, and Tyler had a great story about our friend Jaquan Brisker, who got up in front of the team and spoke. And I don't know, Sammy, do we have that clip? Because I would like to share it with everybody right now if we could. I said 12 wins, and I'm getting skewered on social media. The thing that hurts the most is when the people are like, you know, I'm a, I'm a Bears fan too, and even I find – like, you find this ridiculous? Why not, why not the Bears? Yeah. Why yeah. not the Bears? Like, why what not? is – Am I out? Am I out? Am I out of my? I'll, I'll listen. If you tell me that I'm out of my mind, I will rescind that prediction. But I want you. I want the truth. Listen. Am I out? Am I out of my mind? What's going no, on? No, no. Listen, you sound just like Jaquan Brisker. Like literally, I, we had a meeting about this. Like I don't know if it was just a few days ago. We had a team meeting, and uh, it was just players led. And literally, he kept saying that same statement you just made. Why not us? Why not us? Why not us? Why can't it be us? He literally kept saying that same statement over and over and over again. Like he was pressing that statement home. So you're right on point um, with, with everything that you're saying. I don't think you're out of your mind for, for sure. But I mean, that's, that's, that's just why like Jaquan was literally just saying that same point was why not us? You know, why can't we be um, a team that, that takes it all this year? Why can't we be in you know Las Vegas this year? Um, you know, so he, I mean, he just made that, uh, you know, such a critical point. So, um, I am I'm all in with you and I'm all in with him. So, um, no, you're not out of your mind at all. Oh, Carmen, you you must've hated that. That must make you so upset. uh, (laughs) He's supposed to believe in everything. 
And I'm, I'm excited that the, this Bears team does seem to believe in each other. Um, that's I can't say enough about that. It's very intangible, so it's not something that you can quantify. But the belief that a team has directly mm. impacts how well that they play together on the field and therefore how successful they are in general. Yeah, it's one of the things I told this story. I think it was I don't think I shared it on the air last night. But I did say, you know, when we were we were playing in the Cam Hayward Three Rivers Celebrity Classic this summer, which Aquan Brisker, he's a fellow lefty, so he was borrowing my glove because they gave us brand new gloves, but mine's broken in, like use mine. And so in between every half inning, we would walk over and exchange the glove and we would both say something derogatory about the Packers. It was a lot of fun, but I'm curious. Uh, now, obviously, you're in Los Angeles right now, but when you've been in Chicago over the summer, and I've noticed this from Bears fans out here in L.A. What's the mood been like in Chicago? Because it feels like even though there's people who come on like, hey, good, don't, don't get our hopes up. But I still feel like there's a lot of optimism amongst the Bears fans this this summer. There's a ton of optimism. It's almost like delusional optimism at this point. But it's because it's 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 Super Bowl talk. But at the same time, you have your head coach talking about that and how that's their goal every single year. Matt Eberflus just said that again today that said that not only is the division in their sights, their division is in their sights because they want to get to the Super Bowl. And so I, I can't blame anybody. And it's abs- everybody's absolutely very optimistic in Chicago. There's a lot of excitement around this team right now. And it really comes down to being excited about the fact that Justin Fields now has weapons. He's got familiarity with the system that he's playing in. And they want him to take that kind of year three jump that we've seen quarterbacks do. And that's this year. You have to make a decision this year on whether or not he's your quarterback of the future. So I think there's a lot of optimism and excitement in Chicago. It's crazy. I love it. And Sammy, do we have that clip of Matt Eberflus talking? I know we have a couple of clips for Eberflus. Do you have the one about him talking about our goals? If not, it's no big deal. I can move on. About oh, wait, winning the division, on. do you want these guys thinking about that as, as a goal or is it more kind of the focus of each game? No, that's our goal. That's our number one goal is to win the division, you know, and then get, win the conference and then go to the Super Bowl, you know, and have a chance to win that. And uh, we talk about that early on, you know, in the spring. Uh, but we know that division games are more important. They're, they have a little more weight to them. And uh, we're excited about this one. You know, I'm a little bashful because I feel like now I've been underselling the Bears because I've just been like, hey, win the, we'll win the division, maybe a playoff game. Maybe I should join Matt Eberflus with his level of enthusiasm for this team. But and, and but all, all that stuff aside, and by the way, thank you, Sammy, for rolling out that. We got the best producer. Find a, po- find a podcast outside of Ryan Bartlett, maybe. We don't want to besmirch our friend Ryan, but Sammy's right. They're, they're very close. You know, it's like having... It's like having Tyler Scott and DJ Moore. Like they're both like we love them both equally. Here's my thing though. And I I listen, I'm a, I'm a big believer. I'm picking the Bears to win, and that's not a shot or anything like that, but I also can concede that the Packers have a very good team. They have great running backs. The defense has a load of number one uh number one picks. What are they what what is what is the move with the Packers? Cuz it feel it, it feels weird to say this and I I hate saying this as a Bears fan. I still believe the Bears are going to win this weekend. But at the same time, like, and this isn't necessarily the Bears fans, but like everybody, I'm like, you guys are a little too dismissive of the Packers. This is a pretty good team still, right? Yeah, I've been saying that all offseason. You have been, yes. I have. The thing is, Jordan Love is coming into this season more prepared before his first year starting than 99.9% of quarterbacks get to be. He's been Mm. in this system for three years. He knows it like the back of his hand. He's been in this locker room. 
and he knows these guys. He already has chemistry with these guys. Not to mention Aaron Rodgers didn't play the preseason. So Jordan Love played the preseason with when they brought in Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson. In game action, Jordan Love was the first quarterback to, put, to throw to these guys. So he already has just – he's so well entrenched into this team already. And you mentioned it. They have a defense that they should be able to rely on. Not to mention their experience on offenses in the backfield and in, in, in front of Jordan Love on the offensive line. And they have two incredible, incredibly versatile players. I think that they're the only two players in the NFL that you can say that about in Elton Jenkins and Zach Tom, where they could play anywhere along the line. That is a really good group. And a healthy David Bakhtiari is going to help Jordan Love so much. So he's coming into a really good position. And this was by design. This is what Green Bay does. It's what they've done my entire life. And they figured out, they plan for the future while they still have things going well for them. And then obviously last season happened, but I don't think it's a stretch to say that the Packers could finish with a better record than they did last year. It's not a stretch at all. And I think that the way that the Packers look right now looks very similar to the 2018 Chicago Bears. Defensive heavy, running the football. The quarterback is the biggest question mark. Jordan Love, like Mitch Trubisky, both those guys were first-round picks, so they do have some ability. And so, to me, it's very similar. I do want to say this, though. Uh, the health of the Packers. David Bakhtiari did not practice on Wednesday. Christian Watson missed on Wednesday. Romeo Dubs didn't practice on Wednesday. Is this is this a concern or is this something that's just, you know, just getting rest during the middle of the week? Yeah, it's not a concern with David. I'm not sure if it was a veteran day, but he will have those veteran days built into every week um, of the season, given the fact that he's one of the best left tackles. He knows what the hell he's doing and he needs to keep resting his body because he's not getting any younger. The issue or concern will be with Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson both dealing with hamstring injuries because that's a relatively new development. They've been fine. And if they don't start against the Bears on Sunday, Jordan Love's first receiver is Samori Torre. That's not a knock on Samori Torre, but he's a guy no. that they've been use, utilizing primarily on special teams. He's gotten, obviously, in the rotation. He is that third receiver. But, I mean, I would also like to think that you're going to lean really heavy on your on your new tight ends – Luke Musgrave and Tucker Kraft, they they actually used utilized 12 personnel, the second most of any team behind the Seattle Seahawks last year. That's a very big part of Matt LaFleur's offense. So you're gonna have to you're you're gonna have to utilize those tight ends and those running backs, man. Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon should be Jordan Love's best friends. And that's not to say that they shouldn't be his best friends anyway. So it's gonna be very interesting come Sunday if you know Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson can get healthy because that again that's a new thing when no that one is, was expecting that to happen that was that was brand new I was getting ready to do my homework for the Thursday edition of NFL Fantasy Live I know that I've missed the last two days Tuesday my kids started school it was the first day of school my boys first day of kindergarten so I missed the show that day Wednesday is my veteran day I don't go in on that but I got I looked at the homework assignment and they're like, hey, you know, like, what are you going to do? Because in the NFL Fantasy Live League, I have Christian Watson because the team, my team, I'm teaming with the world. The world got input on my picks. I'm like, oh, I'd rather have Drake London, but like, whatever. I got talked into Christian Watson. Now he's hurt. That's how I found out. That's how it was broken to me. And I'm like, oh, he's a little bit injured. Uh, the Bears also practiced today. And again, Matt Eberflus was on the, the mic. And Sammy, do we have that extra clip of, uh, of Coach Eberflus talking? 
A lot of new players in here, a lot of young players who have little or no experience with this whole Bears-Packers thing, right? And right. come Monday morning, win or lose, this town, us, we're probably going to overreact to whatever it is. How do you focus on this? Like, how do you not make it bigger than it is to your team? Well, I think you have to state what it is. I mean, it's a heck of a rivalry, right? It's the best tradition, you know, best rivalry in football. You know, so you got to state that. That's a fact. Um, the other thing is that, you know, this is one game, right? This is the only game we can control, you know, and we control one play at a time. This preparation for this week, you know, playing against this opponent, this week one, you know, so you got to micro it down for them too. Um, and so that's how you win the game, right? You might do it one play at a time and do it all the way through the game. So um, you just talk to them that way. One of the things that Tyler mentioned on the show Tuesday night was that they took a history lesson. This is something that the Bears take very seriously. How do you feel? Because I know, like, as a fan, I love it. I think it's a great idea. I love that the players are invested. And I told Tyler himself, I said, I love that every time that I see him, he's wearing Bears gear. He's very up to speed on the Bears history and the rivalry. Justin Fields seems like he's bought into this as well. Do you think this is good? I mean, I know, like, you shouldn't have a team live in your mind this much, but they are our first opponent. It's not like we're playing Minnesota and we're worried about the Packers. We're worried about the Packers while we're playing the Packers. Do you like the approach that Matt Eberflus has taken? Yeah, I think that anything that you can, I mean, there's the bulletin board material. It's now a metaphor because it's not, or whatever, because it, I don't think there's an actual bulletin board in most locker rooms anymore. But I mean, they that is something that has been used over and over again across the entire league of, just the extra little bit of motivation, that extra little bit of juice. And it is built in with these two teams every single time they play. And so, of course, you're going to go into the history. Of course, you're going to go into how much these teams have hated each other forever because it's a storied rivalry. This is why fans are fans of this game. I mean, these are two original teams that have gone at each other for a century. I mean, that's insane. And so, of course, you want to give your guys every ounce of motivation that they could possibly have to go out there and put on for the city of Chicago because it is such a prideful fan base. It is a fan base that has stuck through this, stuck with this team through thick and thin and, and ups and downs. And there's been a lot of those in, in the recent memory, but the Bears fan base remains extremely passionate. So that is like, you want to give these guys more and more things to play for. And if you can get them to understand what they're playing for and what this team means to this city, I, that's, that's the right way to do it. That's the way to get these guys amped up. I love everything about that. I'm curious though, during your time working for Tampa Bay, was there a team, was there a rivalry, be it new Orleans, I don't know, the Falcons, the Tampa Bay approach like this was there one thing or was it just kind of like yeah it's like, I, and it's weird too because tampa bay was in the NF nfc central for so long right. that they really like it's newer rivalries with these teams was there anything like that in tampa bay that you witnessed yeah no because they, this is kind of a young younger division um it was hard to say exactly who the rivalry was i mean when i was there it was more the saints but that was yeah. Do more to like good. Mike Evans and Marshawn Lattimore absolutely hating each oh. other. Like Mike Evans actually hates Marshawn Lattimore, and Marshawn <laughs> Lattimore actually hates Mike Evans. Like that's not a thing where they're gonna like shake hands after the, after the game and be like, oh, it's all love. No, there is no love between those two. And so I think that that kind of ignited the fan base in general against the Saints. And like the Saints fans do tend to be a little bit more in your face than any other fan base in that division. But it was very interesting for me going to that team because I had grown up in Chicago, grown up with this Bears-Packers rivalry. And I remember even kind of asking someone, like, 
am I dumb? Like, do the Bears or do the do the Bucks not have a rival? Like, who's their rival? Like, why don't I know who their rival is? And they're like, well, we don't really have one. Like, in the sense of like Bears Packers. So I think that's something that even Bears fans and Packers fans take for granted: the fact that you do have this common enemy. Like, not everyone has that, and so I think it makes it all the more fun too to like play into when you are a player because that's not the case at every single team that you're going to go to. Yeah. That's one of the, I think that we've talked about this before because one of my great ideas with the NFL is no divisional games in the first month of the season, week five, no buys until at least like week eight, but the first like week five would be the designated rivalry week where you get the Bears Packers type of thing, Steelers Ravens. And then somebody pointed out to me, and I, it might've been you, cause you, you would be keened into this because of this very reason. He's like, like not everybody has this rivalry. Like there's not, there's not LA San Francisco. There's yeah. not like, like there's a lot, like who's the Cowboys main rival of the three teams that they have. Maybe in the, the Eagles. In the, probably the Eagles. Is it the, because is it the Eagles? Yeah. Right yeah. Cause it used to be, well, it used to be the commanders for the aesthetics of what their team name used to be. And so I think that that was a big one back in the day, but yeah, it, the bears and Packers is the only one that's lived through time and it's lived through teams. These two teams not being great at the same time. Like it's hard to fathom a time when both teams, I mean, obviously they played in the NFC championship game a number of years ago, but really like the bears best years were when the Packers were terrible and vice versa. And so it would be, it would be nice if both teams were really good and were able to battle and they were going for the North and, you know, Detroit wants to Detroit. Here comes Detroit. Like wanted, like oh, you guys, you're not they want like, in on this. They oh, want in on this. Let's go. No, nobody cares. Like you're fine. Like, listen, you're the lions. You just need to be there on Thanksgiving. That's all we need. Show up Thanksgiving morning, wear some cool uniforms and that's it. That's all we want from you. Uh, don't make Barry Sanders retire early. That's it. That's all that we need. That's, that's a very small baseline. Every once in a while, you can be on hard night. It's fine. We don't need you to be good. It's not a requirement. You're fine. Uh, not every team needs to be good. But in any event, uh, moving on, the, the Bears did have their practice report come out this week. Uh, Jaquan Brisker, Eddie Jackson were listed as limited uh, participants. The Jaquan Brisker thing is kind of been around all summer. And again, I saw him in Pittsburgh and he seemed fine. He was playing softball. So it was no big deal. Like Kenneth Walker canceled the day of wouldn't even make the flight for cam Hayward. Wouldn't even make, remember this. If you still have a fantasy draft going on, take Zach Charbonnet instead. But in any event, um, Jaquan Brisker, is he good? Like what's going on? What have you heard? Yeah, no, Matty Berflus said that, you know, they were, they, they, they expect to have everyone that's on their current active roster available uh, for the Sunday. So that would bode well then for Jaquan Brisker and for Eddie Jackson. I know that Jaquan Brisker has had kind of a lingering issue. He's been on a pitch count even during preseason and, and training camp and stuff like that. But I have to think that that's out of an abundance of caution too, especially because he's such an integral part of this defense. And so yeah. I think you want to keep him as healthy as you possibly can for as long as you can when it doesn't count, especially and so now that it actually counts, I, I have to think, if especially if Jaquan Brisker has anything to do with it, right. he'll be out there no problem and as close to 100% as he possibly can be. Yeah, you know, and it's funny too, because I, I mentioned this a moment ago about like when we were playing in that that tournament and I we would say derogatory things about the Packers. It was a real leap of faith to go up to him and be like, hey, and I just like, it was out of the blue. I handed him my glove and I said, bleep the Packers. And he smiled and repeated, I shouldn't say this, 
but he he smiled and repeated it back to me. But it was like it's refreshing because sometimes players are like, I don't really care that much. Like, ah, whatever. Like, okay, yeah, you hate this team. I don't like, but, but the fact that he was so like, yeah, he, he got a glean in his eye. Like, yeah, like forget those people. And so I just love that. And I love that about this team and I love it about the coach and I love everything um, that they've really done to really ingrain this into everybody. And I hope that it results in us getting a, the first victory of the season. We haven't talked since cut down day. Uh, but I wanted to talk about some of the defensive cuts. Now, obviously, Travis Gibson, you know, what happened? It's disappointing because I really liked him as a person. But what are the ramifications of that? Is that something that, like, linger? I, I didn't want to put Tyler on the spot because we're we're still feeling each other out. But um, is that something that, like, was unpopular in the locker room? Or is that just the business of football and all systems go? Or what was the what was the read on that? Yeah, I think that that was just one of those times where business kind of conflicts with a player's individual opinion of himself. Every player wants is a competitor. Every player wants to be out there on the field. And I think that the acquisition of a unique Ngakwe probably struck Travis Gibson in some type of way. And especially that first depth chart of the preseason where he was listed as like the fourth or fifth guy. Um, he wants to go to a place where he's going to be a solid part of the rotation. Now, I thought that in preseason, he kind of that lit a fire under him a little bit because that first game he was great and he continued the production throughout the preseason. So I thought, well, maybe he's done enough now to be a part of that rotation. And the Bears decided that they had enough depth there or that they were again, I keep saying they built this defensive line from the inside out. They have a really heavy rotation on that interior. So maybe that was the point of this year. It's a multi-year process. They're absolutely probably going to get more pass rushers when it comes time for next off season. But for right now, I think they just, they liked what they had and unique Ngakwe just kind of pushed everybody that much further down the depth chart. So I think it was, I don't think it, it didn't seem to be like a huge thing around. Like it kind of even came out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, the fact that he even wanted to be traded, but then he said he didn't request a trade. Travis, Travis Gibson didn't request a trade. So I don't necessarily know what happened there, but from my time being inside these buildings, it's it seems like it's one of those things where just business conflicts with, you know, the human side of this a lot. And and that's unfortunate, but the stuff happens. Yeah, it is one of those things over the last couple of years to see Gibson lose leave. Uh, Akeem Hicks is another player who I really love. And it was unfortunate that he wasn't able to uh, find a role on this team. But at the same time, you know, the, this is the business of football and we move on. And it's funny because I don't think that I fully embrace that Yannick Ngakwe is a member of the team because I really love his game. And I think this is is fantastic. And was there anything on the, I, I, again, because we hadn't talked since the 53-man cutdown, was there anything that stood out? Because I feel like there weren't too many surprises. I'm glad to see our guy Valus is going to be a, a member of this team. He's listed as the kick returner right now. So I think that he's definitely got a role. But was there anything that kind of stood out to you that, that made you like, oh, wow, I didn't see that coming? Yeah, I think another one actually was along the defensive line was Terrell Lewis. I yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah had done enough to make this team. And that just speaks to the, the, the front office's opinion of the depth that they already have. Um, but yeah, I really thought that he had kind of come on and, and done enough and was going to be kind of a steal for the Bears. But I mean, yeah. I, they didn't see what they needed to out of him. Or again, this also, it could be one of those things where they needed that roster spot for another position. 
And when there's so much emphasis went into to the offense this off season. So I think they're carrying to, I think 10 offensive line, yeah. uh, offensive linemen. Um, Cause you know that you're going to need uh, like, you're going to need depth there because they keep having these injuries along the offensive line. So that all plays into it. You only have so many roster spots. Um, but yeah, so that was, that was probably the biggest surprise to me because I thought that he had earned a spot in that rotation, but I just don't think that they're prioritizing that rotation right now. Yeah. It's interesting because, and you've worked for teams, so I'm, I'm interested to, to, to get your point of view on this. We see them. A lot of us just see the preseason games and Terrell Lewis played very well. Travis Gibson played outstanding, but is it a sense of like, they see them in practice every day? And perhaps maybe it's the practice that's more important than what we're seeing at these games? Oh, absolutely. There's no question about that. And honestly, I think there's a lot of um, – there's a lot more of, like, coaches putting guys on the field during these games for the sole purpose that they get tape to go uh, elsewhere. They know that they're not going to keep them. And so they say, hey, listen, we're going to let you play. We're going to get you out there as much as we possibly can. And that way that you have all of this tape to go and show other teams, or this gives you an opportunity to shine. And like every team has, I don't know if everybody knows, but every team has advanced scouts that go scout games prior to those opponents. So if you're playing the bears week one, like um, actually the bears week two, I just, I ran into it at the last bears game against the bills preseason. I ran into a friend of mine from the buck scouting department because he's the advanced scout. So he was there scouting the Bears team so that when they go and play in Tampa Bay in week two, then they they know certain things about the team. That happens every single week. Every single team does this. And so that's a chance for whoever, whatever scouts were there at that game to see Terrell Lewis and for him to kind of get a little bit of, like get noticed a little bit more. So that way that he could end up on a roster, even if it wasn't the Bears. There's a lot more of that those dynamics that kind of go on behind the scenes. And yeah, I mean, practice is the big thing with that. I mean, preseason games aren't necessarily to win the game. They're not, there's, there's, they're trying out so many different new things. They're trying to get evaluations on players to figure out who their best 53 is. So like you can't take preseason games as an actual game when you're talking about evaluating guys. Um, Mm. It's absolutely what they see in practice. That's more important. Oh, that's bad news for the online quarterbacks who've been breaking down Justin Fields' limited limited reps in these games is the gospel. But it is, it, but it's also funny. Like I know the NFL is such a cold business, and we have all these business uh, like the, these decisions that are made. But the fact that they're like trying to help people get jobs, like that's kind of that seems kind of nice. Like oh, like we like Travis Gibson enough that like hey, we'll try to get you another spot. He's down in Tennessee right now. I don't know where Terrell Lewis. I forget where he ended up yeah, at, but I don't either, but he was playing so well. Yeah. That one, that one was kind of shocking. So it is, it is nice that they get a little bit of an opportunity to go out there and uh, to, to make a little, to make a little, little tape for yourselves. And so uh, in any event, how about some, gosh, we got a half hour in again. Listen, uh, thanks to everybody who's been joining by the way. Thanks to everybody who has made the switch to Wednesday night. We really do appreciate it for a lot of you who are just wandering in right now. Take it to the rank is going to be on Wednesday nights at this time. And again, we want to give you the opportunity to go watch the tape never lies network, which will be following us on. You can go follow them on YouTube. If you like AEW, you can go do that. I got to go teach a course at Chapman university, which is where Matt Eberflus's daughter graduated from these connections. It's a small world, but in any event, 
small world. Uh, but Sammy, what about some questions from the audience? What do we got going? Uh, if we could stop the running game in the trenches, love isn't going to be very busy. Do we have the defensive line personnel straightened out on our run defense? Yeah, that is one of the things. Cause when they talk about unique and Gawkway, they're like, like people act like he just can't make a tackle. Like he's a useless person against the run, which I don't yeah. think is, is a correct, but how about that? Do you feel like we're going to be improved in stopping the run this season? Yeah, that's going to be, it might have to come from different levels of the defense rather than just the defensive line, because the defensive line, especially those interior guys, they're young. A lot of them are young. I mean, the Bears drafted multiple defensive tackles in this draft, and they're going to be part of this rotation. So you have to think that you have, you want to lean on guys that have been there. And you would like Tremaine Edmonds, excellent run defender. TJ yeah. Edwards, Jack Sanborn, like you look at that linebacker level more for this run defense and to plug those different run lanes and run and, and holes. So I have to think that it's the onus to stop the run is going to fall a lot on different levels of the defense, not just the defensive line, because there is a lot of inexperience up there. Um, and again, I mean, I don't buy into the fact that Yannick, Yannick Ngakwe can't stop the run. I mean, he's a beast. He's he's a huge dude. He's yeah. very powerful. And I just have to think that you wouldn't have gone out and signed him for as much money as you did without thinking that he could be a multifaceted player and do more things for your defense than just be a pure pass rusher. That being said, that is also the kind of the reason he was brought in. So right. I just, I know Matt Eberflus is so he's he's so insistent on on stopping the run like that is a very foundational part of this defense so they're gonna figure it out it just might not come from the guys that you think it's going to right and that's that's fair and one of the great things about the bears secondary is that there are dudes who love to, to mix hit. it up they love to get out loves to hit he yeah. loves to be in the box yeah if such a thing exists as a box safety anymore Jaquan Brisker is it? No, definitely. And he's a big, like, you're like, gosh, you know, when you walk up to him, you're like, oh my God, I didn't expect him to be this tall. Sometimes you see these secondary guys and you're yeah. seeing eye to eye with them. And I'm like, oh, okay. This is a very tall individual. So, and him, and I think that Tyreek Stevenson loves to get loose. Kyler Gordon, like all these guys love to get loose back there. So I think that, I think that what we'll see from this team defensively is, okay, even if we're not, the shutdown defense that we've been in generations past. I think there's going to be a lot of guys flying around the football. And I really loved guys like Mike Brown back in the day who wasn't necessarily the greatest player, but was such a smart player and always seemed to be in the right spot at the right time. And it wasn't like, like it seemed like people I remember because well, haters being haters, like, Oh, that guy gets so lucky. You're like, it's not luck. Like you don't make all those, those game change. Yeah. You don't make that many games, game changing interceptions without knowing what you're supposed to be doing on the football field. And that's what I'm really looking forward to. I think outside of Justin Fields and DJ Moore, the one thing that I'm really looking forward to is seeing this defense take a step because and nobody's talking about it. And it was so porous last year, really allowed a lot of points and a lot of yards that they don't have to make up that much. They just don't need that. They, they Again, they don't have to be world beaters. But if they could be in the mind of like like how Cincinnati plays defense over the last couple of years with Lou Amarillo is that they weren't a great defense necessarily. Like, you know what I'm – did I get it wrong? I blew it. You said Amarillo. It was funny. I thought you, I thought that was the joke. I thought you were saying Amarillo. No. Amarillo. 
whatever. <laughs> this is I I deal a lot in fantasy football. Okay, offensive guys got it. But when I got to start to get out out of my out of my depth, this is what happened when I was on Total Access, and they would look at me like you don't know. Like I'm like sorry, I don't know. Like I know Zach Taylor, Lou Amarilla. Am forget it. He's Amarillo as far as I'm concerned. But they had that kind of opportunistic defense that would just come up and like when you need to make a stop. They would make us up. That's why they were able to beat the Chiefs all the time. They beat Buffalo. I want that kind of defense, and I hope that's what we're going to see out of Matt Eberflus's squad moving forward this year. All right, Sammy, how about another question? How many sacks for Yannick on Sunday? Listen, I don't want to get into numbers. I don't want to put some pressure on him. I just want to see him in the backfield. I just want his name called. I want, at the very least, Jordan Love to be making passes earlier than he wants to because i think that's an underrated skill for a lot of people like, get up the field and make them listen i know a thing or two about sports because I, I coach 10 u soccer my girls team and i tell them i'm like hey listen you just run run to the ball and make them get rid of it that's a lot of times the uh the the main goal there but what do you think carmen what do you think uh are, you're not going to put a total on this are you i feel not. like i feel I like they're they're trying to get us into gambling. We can't be talking those kind of things. Well, not only that, but Green Bay's offensive line is good. It's very, very good. We already talked about how good Green Bay's offensive line is. And I don't think that there's a weakness on either side, like either tackle spot for the Packers. So I don't know where the, the sacks are necessarily going to come from for Yannick Ngakwe off the edge. But also, yeah, get in the backfield. Disrupt Jordan Love's timing, his rhythm, his throwing motion, his dropbacks, any of that. If you can get to the backfield, that's all I need you to do. I don't need you to bring Jordan Love to the ground necessarily. But if you can interrupt him, he doesn't have the experience with live bullets to be able to compensate for that yet. So if you can get him off of what he, the coaches want him to do and all that other stuff, all the more better. So just disrupt Jordan Love at any point from any spot on the defensive line uh, or anywhere else, just just try to get him out of rhythm, and that that's going to be the key to this game for the Bears. I think he's a tall player as well. If he can knock down some passes, I think again, almost as important as sacks. Getting your hands up, changing the changing the throwing motion, knocking down passes. There's a lot of different ways that Yannick can interrupt a game. It's not just necessarily sacks. There's a, a variety of ways to make your presence known. That's the kind of thing that we want. I, I want to, I'm very old. So I remember years ago, and I know that these aren't the same type of players, but years ago, the year, it, God, it had to be 92. Whenever the Cowboys got Charles Haley, who's a Hall of Famer now, like the way he changed the defense just in that first game against Washington, he was all over the field. He was making so many plays. You're like, gosh, like how did San Francisco let this guy go? I want that kind of play where it's not, and it wasn't necessarily that he was getting. I don't think he got like, I don't even know if he had a sack in that game, but he was all over the field and his presence was there. And I think if Yannick does that, then you're going to be very happy with the way it turns out for the Chicago Bears. Uh, How about another question there, Sammy? These have been great so far. Thank you so much. Uh, Do you think Justin will be more effective in the air or on the ground? Uh, You know, Tyler and I were talking about this last night. We, We know that he can still run and that is an asset in his game. And everybody knows this. You know, the, the Packers know this and they know and they have to be mindful of it, even though we didn't see. Well, we actually did see it in the preseason. He did. He did have to remind everybody, like, I can do this, too. I really do hope that we see him being effective 
with the past. And I think it's important for Luke Getze to go out there and establish this. So, Carmen, let me ask you, you know, as, as Getze is designing a game plan, is he thinking, like, we really need to establish this pass and let everybody know out there that Justin Fields can throw the ball? Is that something that would go through an offensive coordinator's mind? Yes and no. I think it goes through his mind from the sense of you don't want to be one-dimensional as an offense. And if you are facing a Green Bay Packers defense that is keying in on Justin Fields as a runner, that means they're going to take away the run from him. And if they don't respect the pass, they're going to keep going after him in that way. And you definitely, you just never want to be one dimensional um, in the league because that allows, that makes it a lot easier for your, for the defense that you're going against. But I don't think that there's any sort of thought process to Luke Getzey being like, Oh, we need to show everyone that you can actually pass the ball, that you're a quarterback. Like, I don't think they're worried about narratives. They're worried mm-hmm. about opponents and how opponents react to them. And from that, but from that point of view, you need Justin Fields to take a step forward in this passing game. You need him. I talked to Andrew Janoko, who's the quarterbacks coach just the other week. And he told me that, you know, Justin Fields is making more, like he's making quicker decisions. Um, it's, it's apparent that he understands this offense a lot better than he did. He's got a better command of it, but he still wants him to get better on those rhythm throws, those timing throws, the ones where he's throwing to spots where the guys aren't quite there yet. So he doesn't, you can't necessarily see them there yet. Um, That's something that really good quarterbacks are able to do because it keeps defenses on their heels. So for Justin Fields sake, and for the sake of this bears offense, I, they're, they're going to need to get this pass game going a little bit more, but the uncertainty still now on the offensive line is concerning. They don't know who they're starting, where, where each guy is lining up yet. And we're at Wednesday of game week. So because of the injuries, because of whatever. So they're, Matt Eberflus said today that they're trying out Lucas Patrick at center, Cody Whitehair at, at guard, but that might change in practice. He said they're going to kind of interchange it and see who reacts better to what position. But doing that on the week of the game is less than ideal uh, because they don't have the reps there and all that other stuff. With, with the Tevin Jenkins injury, that just really threw a wrench into kind of everything. For, for the Bears and what they hoped was going to be a season where they had continuity on the offensive line. Yeah, that's something that we talked about through the entirety of the offseason was that, hey, it's nice to know, like, this guy's playing here, this guy's playing there. What I, I guess what I don't understand is that if you, I mean, Tevin Jenkins moved to the left side, which is fine, and that's cool. Cody Whitehair was going to play center. We even established the fact that this is probably his best position why do you move him? Like why? Like Lucas Patrick has the ability to play guard. Why wouldn't you just leave Cody Whitehair at center so that when Tevin Jenkins does return, you're not moving Cody Whitehair all around the offensive line. You're just keeping him at center. And uh, we just got to fill a spot there at left guard. Yeah. I don't know that this bodes well for Tevin Jenkins injury. Like what you're telling me is, yeah, you're not expecting Tevin Jenkins back anytime soon because you're now putting two guys out of position. Yeah. And I don't, I don't really understand that either. And Matt Eberflus today was literally asked that exact question, like, why not just keep Cody at center? And he, his response was, we're going to put the best five out there and the best combination we can. And they're still trying to figure out what that combination is. So I don't know the answer to that. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me when it comes to the offensive line. It's, an, it's a position that I'm really interested in that I've been studying for a long time. I've talked to a lot of these guys. A lot of my friends are offensive linemen. And yeah. I've 
I, I think continuity should be your goal above all else. And so I, I talked about it, I think, before on this show where um, in it, at the Bucks we had Ali Marpet go out for a number yeah. of games with a concussion. And the first the, fir- the first thing the Bucks tried to do was just plug in somebody in Allie's spot. And they didn't want to put anybody else out of position. They knew that Ryan Jensen, the center, could play guard, but they wanted to keep him at center, so they tried to put a, bring a backup guard in there. And it didn't quite work. So then they went to Jensen at guard and then put in the backup center. But that was not their first choice. So I don't totally understand this line of thinking. But again, I'm not an, I'm not an offensive line coach either. So if this is what Chris Morgan, the offensive line coach, and Matt Eberflus and, and Luke Getze and all the, guys, the coaches have decided is the best course of action, then we'll just have to see on Sunday. But you're the trench girl. We need you. We need your insight on this. And so that makes a lot of sense. And it does bring in some concern about Tevin Jenkins. And uh, obviously they made a trade with the Miami Dolphins. So maybe there is more to this than meets the eye. And the Bears, as much as Ryan Poles likes to talk, it's like, ah, this we're not hearing a lot about this. So I am a little bit concerned. And, and so that'll be something that we keep an eye on. And also want to let everybody know, listen, I see your fantasy questions. I will address those at some point, but we got Carmen here for a few more minutes. So let's get at least one more Bears question in. And uh, if we could, Sammy, uh, what do you think is the key for us to win the game? Uh, Jason believes, I think, holding Green Bay's run game in check and making Jordan Love throw on our tough secondary. Hashtag bear down, baby. Jason, I think that you got the game plan. What do you think, Carmen? Yeah, we. I mean, we touched on it just a little bit ago where – and more than you need to force Jordan Love to throw the ball, you need to force him to throw the ball off rhythm. And you mm. need to not let them kind of get that play action game going. I don't necessarily know what this offense is going to look like now that Aaron Rodgers is gone. I think a lot of the fact that, you know, they had young receivers last year and we all thought that they were going to lean on the run game a little bit more. I think a lot of the reason why they didn't was because Aaron Rodgers was there. Mm. And now we find out what kind of coach Matt LaFleur really is because he's got a fresh faced quarterback who's willing to do what he wants, what he needs to do to win these games and to tailor this offense to the, its strengths rather than how it's always been done. Um, but you need to make sure that Jordan Love is uncomfortable on, at all costs, at all costs. So, cause he can throw the ball. He's a very accurate passer. He's a very, he's got a great arm too, but yeah. it's, it's so forcing him to throw the ball isn't enough. You need to force him to throw the ball off rhythm and to scramble out and and to just be under pressure and uncomfortable as much as possible. Yeah, we'll see what kind of game you got, eyebrows. Let's see if Matt LaFleur, they kept flashing his record. Like, oh, look at his record in the first. I'm like, yeah, when Aaron Rodgers is having the best, the best years of his career. It always, it reminds me of the Adam Gase factor, who Adam Gase got two jobs because he got great seasons out of Peyton Manning and Jay Cutler. And you're like, okay, let me see if I get this straight. This guy who helped the great, perhaps the greatest quarterback in NFL history and Peyton Manning have some of the best years of their career. That is what you're basing this on. It's insanity to me, but we'll see. Maybe, maybe Matt LaFleur is that good. And Aaron Rodgers has only survived because Matt LaFleur rectified his career. Who knows? That could very well be the. Either way, we're going to see what an um, actual Matt LaFleur offense looks like because Aaron Rodgers isn't going to be changing 30% of the plays. Oh, my God. By the way, that's the public number. Like, that is the 
the Packers have admitted to that Rodgers would would change up to 30% of the plays, which means it's so much higher. Like yeah. I don't I don't buy 30% at all. Like you got to double that. You have to yeah. double that. Like so I just I think that now we get to see again what a Matt LaFleur offense actually looks like and I'm excited for it. Oh, I'm I'm excited for it to be terrible. I'm hopeful. I want it to be miserable. I want it to be out of his, although he's probably learned from Aaron Rodgers. So maybe he picked up a thing or two as he's out there controlling this, as he's quaffing his eyebrows and Aaron Rodgers is out there doing all the work. But what? I, why am I defending Aaron Rodgers? This feels so terrible. It is, it is, it is very wrestling. Like when you have a heel announcer or whatever, and then a guy goes from a bad guy to a, from a good guy to a bad guy. And now all of a sudden he's the hugest fan. Like, oh, the only person who didn't do that was Bobby the Brain Heenan, who never bought into Hulk Hogan when he was Hollywood Hogan. And it was a it was a master class. And I wish I could do the same thing, but uh, I've been promoting the Jets and fantasy. And again, we'll get a couple of fantasy questions. But what do we got? What, what else do we have here, Sammy? Uh, it's a long season. I expect the Bears to do what the Lions did last year and start off slow and front is strong. Once again, once they start meshing, that is, Kevin, you bring up an interesting point because... For a lot of people, myself included, we have put a lot of stock. And I even told Tyler, like, I'm not mentally prepared to lose to the Packers right now. I just can't do it. I can't mentally get my mind around it because I want this win so much. But at the same time, if it is an instance where the Bears are just going to progress as the season goes, it's not necessarily the worst thing. But I don't want to live that way, Carmen. I want to be, I don't want to be safe and sane. I want to be dumb and dangerous. Is that so wrong? Is that wrong? No, this is why this works because you're the dumb and dangerous one and I'm the more conservative one. <laughs> yes. No, I mean, it, but going back to when we did our season predictions and we did the win loss throughout the entire Bears season, I have the Bears finishing, I think, what, on a four game win streak? And finishing very strong, yes. That I've kind of seen or I've, I've been talking about all offseason that I could see is, yes, them having a very Lions-esque season, uh, probably for different reasons than the Lions had it. But starting off slow, this is a very young team, and they've had a ton of turnover. So not only are the, the players themselves young, but the team has not been together for very long. So it takes a while to get used to it, and there's just no simulation for games. You can't do it. The preseason doesn't count. Like it's, it's not the same. So I think you need learn a lot about yourselves in games, especially when you're game planning for opponents and when opponents are picking you apart and figuring out your weaknesses and all that kind of stuff. So I very much see a kind of a slower start to the season um, for the Chicago bears. And then maybe them figuring th some things out by the end of it that results in some wins. Yeah. I'm, I'm ready for that. And of course, I, I want to remind everybody that similar to last season, if you're in the Southern California area, Orange County specifically, we'll be watching the games at Rip Beer Company, the PCH location. And I anticipate it's the afternoon game. And so you got to have Sunday ticket to be able to see this game in, in Southern California because both the Rams and the Chargers will be playing at the same time. Those will be the games that will be on the Fox and the CBS so you got to come down and join us there. And I, I anticipate like a lot of nervous people as much bluster as we have and as much, you know, there's going to be a hype video that's going to come out tomorrow, hopefully uh, over the next couple of days, at least. And a lot of things that will, will lend itself to the, the haters on Twitter saying things like, well, this aged poorly. Like, of course, 
Like, cause that's just the way that I operate. Like, I don't care. Like I, I don't think about playing it safe. Like, okay. Like I've said a lot of things that have aged poorly. This is this aged like milk. Okay, fine. Like there's, there's no joy in sitting here for me. Uh, and just like, I, all right, I'm just going to, I'm going to believe call me Ted Lasso. Cause I believe. And so that's the way that I'm going to go into this game and what I'm going to think about. So, you know, I think that Kevin could be very much right. You could be very much correct that this team gets better, but I can't. Nope. That's not the way that I'm going to be. And that's not the way that I am going to operate. Um, speaking of that, I'm, I'm going to, you want to stick, can you stick around? I'm going to add, let me do a couple fantasy questions. I want your input though. Do you mind? Do you have anywhere to be? Yeah. I, yeah. I've got a little bit more time. I probably have like four or five more minutes. So All right, yeah, no, let's, I was, let's, I was, I was, I was, I was you, I'm not the greatest fantasy analyst. That's perfect. At all. That's, so perfect. That's, that's, that's exactly what we want. All right. Sammy, hit us with a fantasy question. We'll keep it quick. Adam, how do you fantasy question? Cole Komet or David Njoku this week? David Njoku is going to be the guy that you want to play. We like Cole Komet as a player, but we've talked about this on this show. He might not be the guy who catches the passes. We're going to have a healthy dose of DJ Moore. We're going to see the receiver or the running backs catching the ball out of the backfield. Bob Tunyon is wearing number 18, which means he's going to be catching the ball. And, oh, yeah, we have Darnell Mooney. So this, see, look. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Agree. Go, go, go because yeah, we I, like Cole Komet again was a blocking tight end coming out yeah. of Notre Dame. That's what he was. That was that's what he was there to do. And so his hands have come a long way, and he made a lot of strides last season. But yeah, I mean now he's not only he's not even the only guy in his room because yeah. Robert Tunyon is number eighteen now, and we that's we keep saying this. He's a receiver. He's a receiver. He's going to catch football. Number eighteen does not block. That's just the way. No. Maybe if you're a receiver, see that's the offense. It was receivers block too, but that's okay. Exactly. Uh, See, see, Carmen, you got this. You got the. You got the. You got the fantasy chat. Let's do one more. Let's do one more. Let's show off your fantasy. It's 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 talking ball. Like that's what it basically comes down to. Yo, who should I start? Is a running back to between Kenny Gainwell, uh, Jalen Warren, or Rashawn Johnson in in week one? So we don't really know what's going to happen with uh, Rashawn Johnson. So I would avoid that situation if I could, but. Kenny Gainwell, he's the one running back for the Philadelphia Eagles who has the most experience. And I know a lot of people are fading Najee Harris this week for Jalen Warren, but I think that Kenny Gainwell, because of the familiarity with that offense, it being brand new, I think he could be a sneaky good play. I like Kenny Gainwell too. That was my first thought. But yeah, Roshan Johnson, I mean, if he gets into this rotation, it's probably just going to be third down. Yeah. Um, which means that he could not even really be a part of the play other than to sit there and block because that is something he did in college. Uh, I don't I don't know that Roshan Johnson is a safe fantasy pick for I, – I've said this for a long time, actually. The Bears running back room is a running back by committee. So yeah. it's not good for fantasy. It's good for the Bears. But good it's like they're So yeah. I, would, I would steer clear of like most Bears above, like most of the Bears backs, all of the Bears backs. Look at you. See, you're a fantasy expert already. And we love that about you. I uh, want to thank you for being here. Actually, let's just go ahead and wrap it up. Thanks to everybody who made the switch with us to Wednesday night. We really do appreciate it. Uh, this is going to be a great season. We're going to have a lot of fun. Again, if you missed the Tyler Scott show on Tuesday night, go back and check that out. It's a, it's a shorty. It's a half hour. So go in and listen to that. Thanks to everybody who followed along and followed us here to Wednesday night. Of course, uh, uh, the Tate Never Lies is going to be coming up on their network after this. Go watch AEW. And then on Friday, Tom Grassi will be joining us for Ranks Rivals, and I'm trying to work on somebody else who would be a great get that you guys would enjoy, but I don't want to give away too many spoilers. But that's it. So for Carmen, I'm Adam. Have fun this week.
Bear down. And Sammy, go ahead and play us out. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Adam Rank on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. Brought to you by Underdog Fantasy.